listening to the IDP guys with Sean, John, and Nathan, the Wizards of Fantasy Football. Your go-to source for the individual defensive player strategy. And now, three guys who could only make an NFL team on Madden. All right, welcome back to the IDP guys. This is episode 53. My name is Nathan. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Johnny. Yeah, I don't have a language for you this week. All righty. And uh, Sean's out, but we've got uh, Christian Gardner uh, at Gardner underscore rake on Twitter here filling in. Hello, we high to. Hey, <laughs> you got a language. Nice. Hey, wow. yeah, there we go. Beautiful. Nice. Um, so let's launch right in. Um, so the question we got came from a listener, right? Johnny? From, from listener league one, shout out listener league one. What's up fellas. Nice. Nice. So what determines how long you keep a long-term injured player on your roster? And this was in regards to like Deion Jones mm-hmm. and CJ Mosley with, with that whole yeah, so so effectively, uh, if you do have an IR s- slot, it's already filled with someone. But um, this is mostly or, redraft too. This is like a redraft all IDP league. Right, right. Talking. Yeah. So so w- what do you do, Johnny? Uh, it depends who it is. For Deion Jones, I am keeping him on that bench, and I don't care what I have to do to keep him there because come week ten, uh, he'll be back and yeah. he'll still be Deion Jones. So, I mean, I guess. If it's if it comes down to sacrificing a win or two, like then then that's kind of I guess the limit. Um, but I'll find some way to yeah. keep him there. You know what I mean? Like there's. Would you pick him up off the waiver wire if he's there? Oh, of course. I've already done that in every league possible. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, for me, it really is dependent on if I think that I can, if I'm gonna be making a push to the playoffs at that point. Right now, it's way too early to really even know. But I guess, you know, maybe more so in like a um, not a full dynasty format, but like a keeper league where you are, you know, have that option to have a rebuild year. And, and all that. I mean, Johnny rebuilt for like three years and then came out this year swinging. So um, it kind of depends where you're at. And um, if you know, if you're in redraft and you <clears throat> took some big swings on some guys that were boomer bust and they're they're bust. I don't know if I would um uh do you know use that bench slot up, but if I'm looking pretty and I think I can last, you know, I'll have him on my uh on my bench for sure. What about you, Christian? I'll take the contrarian point of view here. I think that there's just been a lot of guys in the linebacker position that you can put in position for him. And if you're gonna cut him, why not go for it? Um, it is a kind of a big cut to leave him out there, but why not take the risk, especially with guys like, you know, Darius Leonard showing up, Fred Warner, who we talked about earlier, and even Kazir White, who uh, Sam was kind of pounding the drum on. Um, you don't even really know what kind of rookies might show up later in the year that could force your hand a little bit. So if you're going to be able to get some better options instead of an injured player, why not go for it? Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see your point. Uh, what do you think of uh, trading uh, Deion Jones or an injured, high, you know, uh, high power, uh, top tier player to say someone like in John's position that's trying to get him everywhere? Uh, I don't know what you're going to get for him. What would you give up to get Deion Jones? Um, I don't know. Not, not a I mean, I like Emmanuel Sanders come to mind. 
Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. If someone offered me Emmanuel Sanders or Deion Jones, I would probably take that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you might it might even be a package thing where you upgrade a position by adding in Deion. Possibly, but if you if you're just gonna drop them, you may as well try and chop them first. You know, right, right, exactly. See, yeah, absolutely. See what everyone else is thinking there. This week's news. Okie dokie, another action-packed week in the NFL, and uh, the second week with a tie in a row. I actually tried to find the stats on that. I think it's the first time it's ever happened that there have been two ties in a row to start the uh, NFL season. So how many, I I'm curious how many ties in a single season there's ever been. God only knows, but uh, we'll do this chronologically starting with uh, last week, Tuesday, all the way up to today. So the first thing was Jonathan Hankins finally signs signs with the Raiders for $2 million or 1 million, you know, straight up and then another million in incentives or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funny thing I saw on this was Lions Twitter overreacting <laughs> and saying, oh, $2 million for Hankins and our defensive line sucks. We couldn't go get him. It's like, I don't know. I, I think there's a reason why it took this long. For yeah, to- right. There's clearly something going on with him. He's either a locker room diva or something. So, but good for the Raiders, I guess. He had one QB hit this week. That's it. Okay. So he hasn't done much yet. Uh, showing up. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Good to have him. Yep. Uh, this is just more of a note than news, but Kazir Smith. Uh, yeah, that's that's right, right? Kazir Smith. Um, I I copied yours, so yeah, I yeah. wrote that down. Yeah, the, the rookie, right? Chargers? It's Kazir Smith. Or am I thinking? Is it Kazir White or Kazir Smith? Kazir, oh my God, White. I knew that didn't look right. Sorry about that. All right. So Kazir White. <laughs> Mistakes has, were made. Right. Has been given the LB slash S designation in a bunch of leagues. So that's really, really cool. Um, that means you're getting basically a linebacker type production out of your safety slot, which is really neat. So that's another reason why you should pick him up, even though I only played like 60% of snaps this week. That's more of a note thing. Uh, the next piece of news that came up during the week, the Joe Mixon injury. Mm. Uh, I haven't seen the latest. I heard like two weeks at least. Have you guys seen anything else on that? Can't say no, I haven't. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, if you can get Giovanni Bernard, I guess that's a, a decent fill in. Uh, he's done well before, you know, being just the guy. So that's kind of where you probably have to go. Uh, the next big injury after that from that same game was the CJ Mosley injury, which uh, hurt all of us dearly. In the IDP community. So that's the top three linebackers. We're gone this week. Yeah. 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 That really sucked. Uh, I've heard anywhere from three to six weeks. It's uh, like a toe or foot injury for him, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't great. Cause it kind of looked like he blew his ACL or an Achilles or something uh, when it happened. Cause no one touched him. So that was scary, but uh, he will be back this year, which is good. And uh, we talk about this later with Sam, but Kenny Young is a fine replacement for the the time being if you need someone to plug that hole. Uh, The next news after that was the Josh Gordon bombshell. Mm -hmm. Uh, First being released and then signing with the Patriots. What? What? Wow. That was crazy. What, What are you guys? What's your take on that? I mean, my take is didn't we didn't you kind of call that in your head that he was going to go to New England? And then it actually happened. Mm. It makes sense. It fully makes sense, especially with where New England is with the receivers right now. Um, And this just adds another weapon 
uh, and I'm curious to see what happens. I'm curious to see if he's able to come in there, fit like, um, uh, fuck, what's his name? From, Moss. From Mo- like, if he's going to take the Moss uh, path or if he's going to take the Ocho Cinco path and, you know, not really do much. Yeah, I don't think he lasts a month. He, he, no way. No way. No. Well, and then the, who knows what baggage he's bringing. So he could just be suspended or um, at this point, what expelled from the uh, NFL. Yeah. If he comes up dirty again, I just, that that's a, that's a no bullshit locker room and he's got 10,000 pounds of bullshit with him. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't see it happening. It's, uh, but uh, regardless, if it does work out, then it's going to make the Patriots scary, even more scary. They, so. they haven't invested much from what I've heard. It's basically they're getting they've paid peanuts for this, you know, trial, I guess. Uh, so either they're going to look like geniuses again or they'll walk away with uh, no harm, no foul. Yep. Uh, next piece of news after that, Bill's cornerback. Todd, uh, we got Gardner here for this, so this is perfect. Vontae Davis retired at halftime. <laughs> at halftime, walked out. See you later. Good luck, Vontae. Dude, tell us about that. What the hell? I have never heard anything like that ever. That's insane. He got dressed and he left. And he said he was done. Um, pretty surprising, I'd say. And I think the players all reacted the same way from what I read and saw on TV. I wouldn't be able to believe that. And I don't think I've ever had a teammate do that through any sport. Right. I don't know how he, I don't know how they let him out of the locker room, to be honest with you. Yeah. Com- that completely crazy. Just uh, went full um, South Park. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Is it that bad there? Are things going that bad in the build locker room that he needs to walk out? That was kind of my first thought. Yeah. That's... Um, is it, in, is it indicative of problems in the locker room and, Maybe with coaching scheme or with coaches, but I mean, Vontae Davis has had a rough go of it the past few years with injuries. He was a top play corner at one point and kind of the Bills took a flyer on him. They expected him to be the second corner and it kind of seemed like a good signing at the time. But um, I mean, you don't just quit on your team like that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you, you at least play the rest of the game. I, I don't know. That's that's, <laughs> cr- that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the game, Jesus Christ! Yeah, like, at that's... least at least give them another two quarters. I don't know. That was pretty <laughs> yeah. wild. Um, yeah, so that was crazy. And then uh, today, Lashawn McCoy. More news broke uh, <sighs> about the suspected. Well, I I don't know. Maybe not suspected. This is quote his baby mama, according to TMZ. Unquote. Uh, has accused him of child abuse. Um, so more bullshit for him. Uh, and he cracked his ribs. So if, if I'm you guys, I'm, I'm making some ivory moves, um, even though that offense isn't too solid. But uh, Gardner, you are the Buffalo expert. What is going on with LaShawn McCoy? He broke. He's got some, some messed up ribs right now. And now these new allegations are servicing. Um, don't sleep on Marcus Murphy because... Uh, he could maybe catch some balls there and we know what Chris Ivory is. So, but the problem with McCoy is he hasn't been producing that well through the first two games and the line is a mess. So what are you really getting? You know, it's probably more of a situation to avoid for me more than anything. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, another couple stories that just happened today. Uh, Antonio Brown, no show at uh, the Steelers today. Um, this was after his tweet about trade me and see and uh, him overreacting to some to some criticism that, that he caught on social media. 
what the hell is going on with the Steelers? It is just a mess over there. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's wild. It's, it's, what, what is going on? I mean, Le'Veon Bell still isn't there, obviously. And now this. Um, I think Roethlisberger said today, too, that that's why he stays off social media. And you would kind of think that the bigger players would take an approach of not letting that stuff bother them. Who was it? He got so he got in a fight with the offensive coordinator. Yep. And then did somebody call him out? Yeah, it was like a, I think it was a local writer or someone uh, called him out, and then he tweeted back at him and said, you know, so trade me then or whatever. I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah, it was. Uh, I saw that tweet. It was something the 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 writer said. Uh, Antonio Brown wouldn't be who he is without Big Ben. Right. And uh, he said, so so trade me and find out. Was the he yeah. quote tweeted it? Right. Right. Pretty dumb, but uh, we had. Yeah, a- it just seems like a non-story then. I guess more than anything. Well, I mean, you know, missing missing uh, uh, a meeting. Yeah, why would he not go to the? Why would he not report today? That's just strange. Yeah, that's that's the weird part. I mean, the the social media thing is whatever. There's plenty of dumb shit that goes on there, but not showing up today kind of worries me a little. Well, I do know that uh, Tuesday is usually a vet day off, so maybe. I don't know if the Brown or the the Browns the the Steelers are pulling some bullshit or something and well, the, making something they, out of did, it. Did they just laugh about this stuff behind closed doors? Probably. Like, Probably, hey, you yeah. know, you had the day off. Like, this is pretty funny. Let's just let it ride out. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. is it serious sanctions for skipping a day? Hey, don't skip a day. Make sure you're at work. I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that big of a deal. I hope not. I hope not. Um, and we had NFL yeah. Network on before this, and they said it should be fine. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and just a kind of a wild and wacky story is the last one here. Uh, FanDuel uh, re- neglected or and said they would not pay out an $82,000 payment to a patron at a New Jersey casino this week who when the, the, all right, the Raiders Denver game, Keenum is driving them down the field in the last, you know, couple minutes of the game to try and get the field goal to win it right before Denver took that ball for that last possession. They went to update the odds to Denver minus 600 because it was, you know, a good chance that they were going to drive the ball down the field and get the field goal. Instead, they went the opposite way and made it. So it was 750 to one by a mistake. So this guy lays down 20 bucks and gets a ticket for $82,000 and change if he wins. And of course he wins and goes to collect his money. And FanDuel says, no, we're not paying that. And uh, it was a a mistake on the line. And, and we'll give you the $18 that you would have won if we had gotten it correct, but you're not getting the 82,000. So they, they screwed him out of it. That sucks. That stinks. Um, kind of, Kind of makes me think of two things. We were, I mean, we were talking about this earlier too, and they should probably honor the bet. Um, I'm really surprised that they're not. But also, bad karma on the better if he does accept the payout. Yeah, right, right. It, that just sucks all the way around. I mean, I I probably would have jumped on that too if I saw the mess that lineup. Mm-hmm. But um, but wow. how do you as a business pay out? Eighty-two million dollars, like eighty-two thousand, eighty-two thousand. Oh, oh, eighty-two thousand. Yeah, yeah. Eh, it's not as bad. I mean, you could take that as a loss and just probably fire somebody, so, right? Yeah, I found the story. So Denver was a minus six hundred money line, and then all of a sudden went to seven hundred fifty to one, which is plus seventy-five thousand. So I'm guessing the guy knew he found a mistake and put it in as fast as he could. Yeah. If that's the case, he knew he had a winner on his hand. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I still think he should be paid. Yeah. But he knew he found a mistake line at the same time. But yeah. who wouldn't take advantage of that? Like, right, right. Yeah. If I saw that, fuck yeah. You know, yeah, uh, throw I the dice. I've sat there and refreshed live odds and found a mistake once or twice and uh, threw something in on it and it was honored. But I mean, it's, it's on the book to keep their odds accurate. It's the book's fault. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's on them. All right, let's uh, get into these gut checks. So this is the part of the show, as I say each week, where we pair uh, two sets of defenders and a set of offensive players. Uh, We talk about who we like, who we don't like compared to the other person. Basically, if we're setting our lineup since we're past draft season um, and and who would we be rolling rolling with? Uh, We put all of that into a tweet, send it out to you guys. Uh, you get to vote, tell us what you think, and we talk about it the week after. Uh, so let's talk about last week's. Um, the first one here, uh, we've got, uh, let's see, Indianapolis Colts linebacker Anthony Walker versus Miami linebacker Raquan McMillan. 73 votes and 73% went Raquan McMillan. Now, the interesting thing about this now is we've got actual data so we can tell who was the better uh, linebacker? It was Anthony Walker. Yeah. So yeah, both weeks. <laughs> instant feedback. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is crazy. So uh, let's kick it on to the next one. Um, this is our offensive uh, gut check. So we've got Chicago wide receiver Allen Robinson versus Carolina wide receiver Devin Funches. 131 votes, 76 went Allen Robinson. Yeah, he actually had a decent game last night, too. So Yeah, yeah he did. Yep. So uh, the last one here is defensive. Uh, Buffalo linebacker Lorenzo Alexander versus Arizona linebacker Josh Bynes. 95 votes, 63%. Josh Bynes. Makes sense, but it's it's funny. Looking at two weeks of Alexander now, he's not getting anything over like 55%, 60% snap share. But they're on defense so much, mm-hmm. and the other linebackers are so inexperienced that he's still putting up numbers. It's it's it does not make sense, but at the same time, he's done it twice, two weeks in a row now. So starting I, a trend. Yeah, I mean, if you are like stupid desperate for linebackers, that's not a terrible option. I mean, the offense, unfortunately for Christian, is so bad <laughs> in Buffalo that they're on defense the whole game. I yeah. mean, so. 55% defensive snaps for Lorenzo Alexander is like 75% for another team because you get that much extra. Yeah, defense. that's an interesting point of view. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I know I've got Alexander uh, at least in one spot uh, because of uh, poor drafting, um, basically missing it and having to create a team off the waiver wire. So um happy that he's doing so well, you know? Yeah. Uh, Johnny, you want to take us through this week's? Okie dokie. So this week's, uh, the first one, we'll start with the offensive one, and this is in response to the Sunday night game. A pair of generational running backs. Uh, Saquon Barkley, running back New York Giants, uh, has played and started both games this year. Has 134 ground yards, one rushing touchdown. 
uh, 16 receptions through two games, which is really impressive. 102 receiving yards, uh, no receiving touchdowns, no fumbles lost. Going up against uh, Ezekiel Elliott, also a generational running back out of the Dallas Cowboys. Played and started both games this year. 147 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, eight receptions for 26 yards, no fumbles. Um, this is this is an interesting one because I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, the Cowboys can't pass their way out of a paper bag with a map and a flashlight. So I, I'd, I'd be tempted to go Barkley here, to be honest with you, because at least you have Beckham and Ingram as a threat mm-hmm. to throw the ball. I mean, when friggin' Tavon Austin is your, your deep threat and, and the guy that's going to, catch the long ball for you. I mean, you just stack the box and shut down Zeke. So I'm going Barkley. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's interesting. It, it It's it's tough because uh, Barkley does have the benefit of a passing game, but that offensive line is terrible. Um, if you saw how many times uh, Manning was on his ass, just there, there's a, a new meme that was created of him just – uh, looking like looking a, terrified. Yeah, like a train's about to hit him while he's on the ground, or just like he just got out of Vietnam. Um, it so honestly, I think I I I want Zeke because while there is that ability to shut shut down the box, you know, stack the box and shut try and shut down the run. He, like you said, Elliot's a generational talent, and just the fact that what else is Dak going to do, but essentially force it to him. Um, I think that they're less likely to go away from the run um, where with the giants, if they get down too far, you know, they're going to have to throw it more often. And Barkley is getting the catches, which helps make him um, a relevant running back. But I think Zeke has the better shot to uh, put up the big numbers. What do you think, Christian? I think, well, first, I, I just think Barkley's stats are kind of, uh, they're just so reversed from week one to week two. You know, I mean, he's over 100 yards, and then he's under 30 yards in week two rushing. And then week one, two receptions. Week two, 14 receptions. Um, but I think, like, one of you guys said, the line is so bad there that I want the better O-line. I want to know who's going to get the ball. And that's Zeke. I mean, he's... He's consistent. He's going to rattle off your 120-yard-plus games, and you know that's on the way. Um, with Barkley, he still hasn't proven that he's going to do that. He does have a 100-yard game, obviously, in week one, but you just know what the production is with Zeke, and I want the better O-line, and I want to know that, like you said, you know, Dak can't really throw the ball that well yet. Right, right. So give me the running back that you know is going to run. And Barkley really only got that 100 yards because he busted out a 60-yard um, touchdown uh, mm-hmm. on one of those plays. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of dancing behind the line and getting stopped for like one or two yards yeah. a lot. So yeah, it's that, I'm glad you guys said Zeke. It's just <laughs> many years of uh, losing as a Cowboys fan, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, so <laughs> next one, pair of defensive tackles. Uh, Fletcher Cox who's traditionally been a very good IDP defensive tackle, uh, has had a great start to the year so far. Played and started both games for the Eagles. Uh, has had six solo tackles, two assists, two and a half sacks so far, going against DJ Reader, who's been kind of a surprise defensive tackle for IDP this year, you know, production-wise. Played and started both games for Houston Texans. Uh, 
Same amount of tackles, six solo, two assists, and two, uh, excuse me, and two sacks, I believe. I, don't know, I forgot to write down sacks. He has something like that, though. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a tough one. I'd, I'd be tempted to say Cox just because he has the history, uh, the pedigree. Right. He, he's done it before. But Reader has really been doing work the, the, the first couple of weeks. He's been really good. And Watt and, uh, well, Clowney's only been there one game, so so that hurts. Um, and Watt hasn't been doing much either. And they, I feel like they take up so much attention that you can't really double-team Reader or anything like that. So he has better chances to maybe get to the quarterback. So I'm going to go against the grain and say DJ Reader. What do you guys got? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I would generally go with Fletcher Cox for, like you said, the pedigree. But honestly, with the situations, it's kind of a coin toss for me. Uh, I'll go mm-hmm. both. What do you think? You're going both? Yeah, going uh, both. I'm going to take Fletcher Cox. I want the guy who kind of has more of the floor. Um, I know I'm going to get some tackles with Cox, and then he'll chip, chip in a sack here and there. But Reader is off to a nice start. He did have two sacks week one, um, only two tackles in week two. When Fletcher Cox has had two tackles and then four tackles in week two. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm I'm on the Fletcher Cox. Yeah, and uh, J.J. Watt did have a good game this week. I was looking at his stats earlier. Yeah, he had a bunch of tackles, no no uh, sacks or anything. Right, but. right. But I, so, he, you know, um, that line is definitely their, their, um, the offensive lines going up against them have to focus on multiple people. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, for the last one, we've got a pair of linebackers. Uh, first one is Darius Leonard, the surprising rookie out of the Colts. Has played and started both games this year. Has 21 solo tackles and six assists in two games, which is unbelievable. Uh, also, one sack, one pass defense, and one forced fumble. And we're going to put him up against Luke Keekley, uh, the generational linebacker, if you will, for Carolina. Has obviously played and started both games this year for the Panthers. He's got 19 solo tackles, two assists, no sacks, no pass defense, no forced fumbles. And the, when this goes out to a poll, it's going to be Luke Keekley by, right. by a million. But I'm going Darius Leonard because unlike Luke Keekley, he's not a concussion away from maybe being done with his playing career and he doesn't get injured all the time. And, yeah. uh, you know, I feel like the Panthers offense is better, too. Like Andrew Luck does not look like himself. The Colts do not look like the old Colts offensively. I feel like their defense will be on the field more, too. Yeah, I feel like the uh, fantasy gods are kind of righting some uh, wrongs out there. Luke Keekley being one of the top five uh, linebackers, and the four around him are currently uh, injured, but he's he's still alive. <laughs> so uh, I it, that just kind of an interesting you know take because we've been talking about how Luke Keekley's uh, very injury prone, and yet he's the only one still standing. Uh, at the top of the pile. Uh, but I I really like Darius Leonard. I would probably also side there for the fact that if he can keep on the um pro, you know the 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 path he's at, like the keep the production up, I mean he's gonna have a huge year. And Keekley is going to end up having to sit out a game or two at least. Um I mean guaranteed he always does yeah he, he does every year so um i think at the end darius leonard is going to be kind of like that uh dark horse candidate for top linebacker yeah i wonder what the tipster would say about 
you know, the rookie linebacker <laughs> right. leading the league in tackles entering week three. He'd call us um, crazy. But you also you also missed that stat that we had loved and you kind of talked about earlier what oh, yeah, yeah. how many tackles it Leonard is on pace for. <laughs> he's on pace for two hundred and sixteen tackles this year. <laughs> two hundred and sixteen tackles he's on pace. And we know that's not gonna happen. Yeah, right, right. Um, but, but still that's that's incredible. You, you have to think Keekly does battle injury at some point and you hate to kind of project a guy expecting him to be injured. That was only always kind of one of my fantasy taboo things to do in baseball. Um, I'm going to stick with Keekly and take the floor of the production that I know is going to be there and assume that Leonard falls off a little bit at some point, but his first two weeks have been very impressive for sure. And I wonder how many of our listeners started Leonard this week. I would, I would imagine the majority had him on their bench. Yeah, I mean, I, I I started him. I only had him in one place, but I'm trying to get him everywhere. I think I've got him in a couple oh, of spots, so I started him. Yeah. But uh, the, you got a good point, though. If Keekley can stay healthy, he's going to have an, another incredible year. And he's the only guy besides Patrick Willis in the last 10 years that's led the league in tackles more than once. So if he can stay healthy, he'll be a monster. Mm, absolutely. Hey everyone, it's the tipster reminding you to go Bogart the IDP guy merchandise and gear it up for the 2018 season in style. So go hit up the site shop and support the no bullshit content we bring you to dominate your leagues. Hey, it's Johnny the Greek from the IDP guys. Want a chance to interact with us and others in the IDP community? Join our Discord channel, a private chat room, and an app on your phone or computer. Message us on Twitter at IDP Guys, email Nathan at IDPGuys.org, or go to our site and look for the plugin on our sidebar to join. It's a great place to talk all things IDP. Special guest. All right, so we're. Uh, joined today with Sam Lane. He's a writer uh, for us, the IDP guys. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at FF Stompy. Uh, we've been, uh, man, going on an hour now just talking off air, uh, bullshitting around. We figured we'd finally get this on tape. So, Sam, how are you doing today? Uh, I guess okay for talking to you three. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. So how about them Broncos? Let's kick it off with uh, your favorite team and the only winning. Oh, wait, nope. John, John's team won this week. So the only two and O team amongst us. Right. There we go. Two and O. Cheers. All right. Yeah. I, as much as I hated that game, I'm really glad that they pulled it out. It's nice to have a quarterback that can actually finish a game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm a little surprised that Keenum's keeping up the, um, I don't know what uh, decency from last the, season. The winning, the winning from last, winning season. From last season. Like, uh, yeah, he's he's definitely not nearly as good. I would say. I, I think he kind of he's now in the middle of where he started before the Vikings and where he played with the Vikings. But I'm okay with that as long as we're getting those wins. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, last year they were playing to a strength. So they they maybe um, who's the head coach there? Uh, in Denver, Vance Joseph, Vance Van, Joseph, Vance Joseph, um, Vance from Vance refrigeration doesn't know exactly <laughs> how to play him. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with the, the Lindsay, uh, Booker Freeman type shit. What people, the people want to know, 
Mm-hmm. Tell us about well, that. First and foremost, if anybody's rostering Booker at this point, don't because <laughs> yeah. he got three carries. I think he had maybe six snaps total on Sunday. So you need to be dropping him real quick. Um, in terms of Lindsay and uh, Freeman, I don't know how much I'm surprised by that. We were hearing it all off season. Um, Lindsay was making plays in camp. He made plays during the preseason. He uh, even in, and I think there was some surprise cause he's a small guy, but even, even in college, he had 1700 plus uh, yards from scrimmage. His last two seasons, he had 244 carries his junior season, 301, his senior season. So he's a guy that can take a workload. Um, now in terms of draft capital, sure. But I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about a third round. It's not like we're talking about a first or second round guy. We're talking about a third round guy versus undrafted free agents. So I think, I think I'm most surprised by Vance Joseph not sticking to, I guess, his guy in Booker who last year and even into this year was seemed to be the, the guy he wanted to be the starter. So that's a nice thing. But in terms of Freeman uh, versus Lindsay, uh, I would say that Freeman's still going to get his touches. Last week was a little bit of a I don't know if we'll call it a fluke, but it was a little, the game script was a little bit bad for Freeman, just not being the pass catching back. So I, if guys are panicking, I would definitely try and buy low. Um, Lindsay's still going to get his, he, he looks good between the tackles. He looks good catching the ball. So I think this is a full blown timeshare, but at the same time, I still think Freeman's going to get a decent amount of carries because this team is built around the run and defense. So. Nice. nice. Uh, in, in terms of defense, I, I know you were talking about Todd Davis a little earlier in our chat, maybe like last week. Uh, do you think Josie Jewell takes over there or, or what's, what's the deal with the inside linebackers there? I have to think that because it's now on year three where Todd Davis can't cover anything. But then again, Brandon Marshall kind of picked up where he left off last year and he's not doing very well in coverage either. I mean, you saw what Will Disley did to them now, or I, he, he was the blocking tight end quote unquote blocking tight end for the Seahawks. And now he, he had over a hundred yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So the, the Broncos picked up where they left off last year. Can't cover tight ends. Um, last week they, they actually did a good job of covering Jared cook, but they aimed to do that. And they let Cooper kind of run wild on him. So, I have to imagine that Josie Jewell gets more and more integrated into this defense because one of his strengths coming out of college was his pass coverage. So they've, they've always, they've had an issue for the last few years uh, covering the middle of the field. And I have to think that they use Josie Jewell more and more as the season goes on. Nice. And uh, Bradley Chubb hasn't been all that productive so far, but what what are you seeing? I mean, you're watching, the, the whole Broncos game every week. We're just catching red zone and stuff like that. So what are you saying? Um, so he actually had a decent uh, debut in week one. Sure. It doesn't show up on the, the uh, stat sheet. I think he had, he had one sack, maybe, maybe half a sack. Yeah. Yeah. He had regardless, something like that. Yeah. Re- regardless. And, and I don't know if you can actually say this or not, and this is probably pretty anecdotal, but Von Miller has four sacks already in two games. Now is Chubb's presence helping that? I would have to imagine. Yes, because last year he didn't 
uh, Von Miller didn't have really anybody on the other side that was drawing that kind of uh, coverage away from him. So he was getting double and triple teams basically all season. So it's, it's very basically a miracle that he got double digit sacks in the first place last year. So I have to imagine that Chubb is drawing a little bit of the blockers over to his side and it's freeing up Von Miller to get to the quarterback. Um, but just, I mean, I think the big thing we need to take from this is that rookies are just going to, a lot of rookies are going to struggle in their first few games as they pick up the speed of the game. So once Chubb starts to get, get used to the speed of the game, I think you're going to see a lot more uh, blown up plays in the backfield. You're going to see a lot more, um, and he he's really good in, in uh, run stopping. So you're going to see a lot more run stopping. You're going to see some sacks. So I wouldn't be worried. I'd watch him. I, I probably wouldn't be starting him by any means or or expecting anything. But for IDP leagues, definitely be stashing him and and watch him as he he learns the speed of the game and starts to to uh, make more and more plays throughout the season. Nice. And, uh, you, now, you, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Gardner. You got something? Yeah. Now, now Sam, I know you kind of mentioned rookie struggling. I was just kind of wondering what you thought about Cortland Sutton. I mean, he had six targets last week, 11 targets for two games, but he only brought down one ball with one catch. Um, is he struggling? Do you kind of see him turning the corner and turning those targets into catches? Uh, so I, I'm a, I'm kind of a Matt Waldman, um, disciple. Uh, if, if you guys don't know who he is, look him up. He's a very good uh, film guy, but he's, he was down on Sutton just because he's not, he's more of that physical freak kind of in the Demarius Thomas, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson mold that can use their um, athletic traits more than their actual uh, technical skills as a wide receiver. Um, so I think that, first off, Sutton needs to re- to learn that, but I think you've seen that in some of these games where there are definitely catches that he should make and he does sometimes, but they're out of bounds. So he's not making them in bounds. He's making some spectacular catches, but instead of like, he he'll bobble the ball and then catch it. Um, there was one, one uh, catch last week that it was, it was a questionable call, whether it was a touchdown or incompletion. Um, but really there was a few other catches that he should have had. So Definitely needs to learn how to catch the ball more technically sound with his hands. Definitely needs to learn the route running a little bit better, but Keenum has targeted him. So that's, that's a good sign. So he's another guy that as the season wears on and, and he learns under uh, Demarius Thomas and uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I would expect him to start to catch more of those balls and become more integral to the offense. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, Keenum really spread the ball around when he was in Minnesota, right? Right. Well, and, and if you think about it, you had Diggs, you had, uh, basically four fantasy relevant, uh, players or, or, or pass catchers and Diggs, Thielen, um, Kyle Rudolph, the tight end. And then at one point it was Dalvin cook was catching balls, but then, uh, Jarek McKinnon was also catching balls. So he definitely spread around enough that there are four fantasy viable players. And I would expect the same in, in Denver. Nice. Uh, one more Denver guy before we move on to some of the, the rookie stuff that you cover. Uh, Mr. Simmons there played hundred percent of snaps again this week and had a really, really nice week. Uh, you called him before the season. What, what are your, what's your take on him this year? Is he, uh, if he's available, you should go grab him, right? 
Yes. Um, he's going to be making plays basically all game, every game. He's going to be on the field. He's far and away their best safety. I, I like Darian Stewart, but his move over to strong safety hasn't been great. I think he's a better free safety. Honestly, I think Justin Simmons would excel as a strong safety. Um, but anyway, so, and he's one of the guys that has to be in that second level for like to, to guard tight ends as well. Um, so you're definitely going to see a lot of tackles. He, he's definitely involved in the, in the run game or I guess stopping the run. So he's definitely probably outside of Chris Harris jr. And uh, Vaughn Miller, I would say he's probably the third most important on that defense and he'll be making plays all season as long as he stays healthy. Nice. Uh, one of the series you, you write for us is, uh, the rookie watch, uh, series. And, uh, you've done a lot of good articles with that. Uh, who are the, some of the guys you're looking at this year? And, um, let, let's touch on some of the, the stuff you have coming up too that, that we're going to have on the website. Sure. So, uh, really some of the guys that I'm really liking. Um, so right now, Kenny young, uh, Kenny Young is going to be taking CJ Mosley's place. Who's going to be out for probably three to six weeks here at, with a bone bruise. Um, he was, he actually, I think he took the starting job from, and now I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, uh, it's own with sore on. So he took, he took the starting job um, there next to CJ Mosley. And now that CJ Mosley's gone, he's, he's going to be kind of the leader of that defense, I would imagine. So he's a guy that probably you should be picking up in all of your leagues, especially for the next three to six weeks. But I would imagine that he's actually going to be a decent ID play, IDP play the rest of the season. Um, the same with Kaiser White. Kaiser White was actually named to PFS uh, all week two team. He's been a monster in coverage and that's what he was, uh, what's it, what he did for West Virginia. He was more of kind of that safety hybrid role, uh, for West Virginia. And now he's just transitioning to the weak side linebacker. Um, so he's done and he's done great in his first uh, few weeks here. Um, so those Can are I, two guys. Can I jump in real quick, Sam? Yeah. So, so Sam has been hounding Kaiser White in our chat. He has been all <laughs> over him saying, go get him, go pick him up. And I actually got to watch him play this weekend, and he was impressive. Um, I think he came down with a pick. He's a converted safety, right? Playing linebacker now, or is he? He was a linebacker playing safety. No, so he was a high. Yeah, he was kind of a hybrid for West Virginia, hybrid safety role. Um, he actually had yeah that interception with and three passes defended this last week. He looked he looked really good. Yeah, he's he's been all over the field. Um, so that's another rookie. He he's a rookie that took. Uh, took over the starting role over Jatavis Brown this year as well. Um, so he's been a monster. Those are kind of my two favorite linebackers right now. Obviously there's guys like Fred Warner who arguably has been one of the better defensive players in the NFL, not just a rookie, but mm. in the NFL the last two weeks. Uh, I think he has played himself into a starting role next to Ruben Foster. Ruben Foster comes back this week. And those two are going to be very interesting to watch to see how they kind of integrate with each other. But it's just another guy in a long line of linebackers for the 49ers. And I think it, this is just another linebacking core that's going to be huge uh, for the 49ers. And it'll be fun to watch them. Mm -hmm. One guy, one guy that I wasn't really on um, 
and maybe I needed to write about him. And I, I think a lot of people had questions about him was Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, and he has actually been very good. Now he's not, uh, lighting up the box score like a few of these guys, but he's doing a lot of good things in pass coverage. He's kind of locking down stuff or locking down guys, um, making plays in the run game. Uh, so he's a guy that really, I, I think a lot of people had questions of where he fit with the dolphins, but he really looks like he's going to be a very good safety next to Rashad Jones there. Um, and then the other guy that I just wrote about and just came out today was Arden key. So that he's been basically being tasked with filling that Khalil mackerel or maybe, maybe not filling it, but helping to fill it because let's be real. Mm -hmm. I I don't know of very many players that can fill that role. Mm, That's a big hole. Right. (laughs) And, uh, and, and you, and we've seen it because they've had, some terrible, uh, they, they haven't been able to produce a pass rush for their lives in the last two games. But the one, one of the bright spots has been Arden key. I think he had against the Rams. He had two of the five pressures. Yes. They only had five pressures in that game against the Rams. Mm. Uh, he has, he also had two hits on the quarterback against the, the Broncos drawing one of them, one of them also drawing a holding penalty. Um, and he's starting to show, and, and if you read my, if you read the article, you all, you'll understand what I'm talking about, but his 2017 was kind of rough for him in terms of personally and, and on the football field, but 2016, he was considered a first round talent and he's starting to show that quickness, um, and that drive that he saw, we saw in 2016 from him. So if he is able to get up to that level that he was, I could, he, he could be a legitimate pass rusher in this league. Um, so definitely be watching out for him as the season progresses as well. Nice. So, uh, so just for, just for our listeners, Arden key defensive end, Oakland, red Warner linebacker, San Fran, Kazir white linebacker, San Diego, Ken young linebacker, Baltimore. Did I miss anybody in there? Uh, that would be, Oh, Minka Fitzpatrick safety, Miami dolphins. Right. Perfect. And uh, another guy that's getting a lot of uh, a talk this week, rightfully so, Darius Leonard, uh, linebacker Colts, is on pace for 216 tackles this year. <laughs> what was it? 18 tackles this week, 15 solo tackles <laughs> and one sack? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he's unreal. Um, God, I mean, what else is there to say about the guy? Like, go go get him if you haven't. I mean. Oh, he's probably gone. You probably want to try to yeah, trade for him. He's probably not out there. Uh, some other notes, the Titans both had, had both of their rookies, Harold, Harold Landry and Rashad Evans played their first games. Didn't really do anything of note. It looked like Landry was pretty disruptive. Uh, the few, uh, snaps he took. Um, so he could be a monster, uh, in their pass rush. Rashawn Evans didn't actually take a defensive snap, so we'll see what he does, but he's not going to be of note for a little bit. He's still, um, competing with Will Compton for snaps there. So those are two other guys that are kind of the upper tier of the rookie class that maybe you need to watch out for as well. Mm-hmm. I actually cut Rashawn Evans today to activate Ruben Foster. And I hope I don't regret it, but I didn't have room for him. I, I think that's probably a good call. Like I said, Rashawn Evans didn't play any defensive snaps last week. It was his first week um, playing in yeah. the NFL. Uh, and he he's sitting, he's behind Will Compton. So, he may not be relevant for, for a year at least. 
Nice. And uh, Roquan finally got the start this week, so uh, he's good to go. He was looking yeah, pretty good. He, he, there was still some rust there. There was a couple plays. I know the last play, um, the last touchdown that the Seahawks uh, got to Will Disley, Roquan kind of missing an assignment there. So there were definitely some, we'll call it rust. I think he's still getting up to speed. He had seven tackles, but I mean, I give it a couple weeks. He, he's still going to be a monster in the league and, and probably toward the second half of the season. But um, yeah, so just be patient and give it a couple weeks with him. Nice. Nice. And uh, Marcus Davenport, what, what do you got on him? I haven't seen too much so far. Um, so yeah, well, he had that one uh, big penalty against Tampa Bay. I think he had a personal foul on uh What's his name? Connor McGregor? No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's magic. Um, but uh, yeah, this week he actually helped the Saints um, lock down the the run the run game of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so another guy, I think a lot of people were questioning that pick, and I and I, I did too. But at the same time, I, I think. He's going to be pretty good in this league across from Cam Jordan. Again, just another guy that, and most like most of these rookies, I think you're just going to have to give it a little time and let them get up to game speed. They're not, these guys aren't Saquon Barkley. They're not like ready right away. So I think Mark and da- Marcus Davenport, the second half of the season will be pretty good. But uh, like I said, just preaching patience with a lot of these rookies. It comes back to exactly what you said earlier. The rookies struggle and they got to adjust to the pace of the game. Right. Um, one guy that I forgot to bring up, Leighton Vander Esch actually got his first start of his career last night. And he actually looked pretty good. Uh, I think he had eight tackles. Not last night. Sorry, this was Sunday night. I think yeah. he had eight tackles. Um, and it seems like he might be the starting strong side linebacker for the Cowboys for the foreseeable future. So. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about both Edmonds brothers real quick, and then uh, we'll get into a different topic here. Um, yeah. Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, what are we really going to say about him? He's, he's been, I, I, I think he hasn't been what John has hoped he would be. Um, <laughs> nope. Not yet. He's, he's, I mean, he has, he's had back-to-back games with seven tackles, I believe. Yep. Is that right? Um, so he's going to get his tackles. I, I think, and, and unfortunately for Christian here, I think the bills are worse, worse than we thought. Yeah, I think so. So that, that <laughs> offense is very bad and Edmonds is going to get his shots. So he's going to be, he's going to learn. He's going to take a year to learn, year or two to learn, adjust, and he'll be fine. Um, he's got a, he's really just going to have to take this whole year, almost as a redshirt year by learning. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sounds um, good. Terrell Edmonds, his brother, uh, is playing uh, safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I don't, I don't know if he started for Sean Davis or no, was it Morgan? Bur- who which yeah, one was for, it for, for Burnett and they're kind of split yeah. in time. Um, he's had some bad moments, I guess, um, in terms of missing tackles. There was specifically one against the chiefs where cream hunt basically blew through him for a touchdown. Uh, the Steelers defense as a whole hasn't been great. Um, so Edmonds is kind of one of those just watch and wait 
we'll see what he does. I mean, obviously that entire family is going to be, or is very athletic. So they're, he's going to be fine. It's just another instance. And and I know Gary, um, Gary Van Dyke, the IDP tipster is preached patience or preached to not rely on rookies. Right. And, and I think, I think we're seeing it right now with the defensive players where there's, there are some guys that are doing some pretty good things, but there are guys that are struggling a little bit. And I don't think it's for lack of talent. I think it just has to do with the speed of the NFL game and the physicality. And it's just be patient. You're probably not going to get what you expect out of them right away. So, um, probably shouldn't be starting them anyway. Right. I yeah. I think it's um it's a little different on the defensive side of the ball anyways because it, like <clears throat> on offense, you know, obviously wide receivers usually don't come out and do anything their first year like crazy. Um I think Calvin Ridley had his first good game this this past week. Um <clears throat> and then it, but like running backs are kind of the the higher uh picked ones are usually the ones that go early they they get their um their production early as a rookie and um you know that's kind of the only real position group that you would want to actively be starting rookies at least based off their situation but on on the defense it's like it's a lot of making sure they're in good position and even then you know they don't often they don't always um pan out right for, and I, for think that it first has year. A, I think it has a lot to do with just being able to read what's going on I, for linebackers especially in like the run game you don't want to over pursue you want to be able to shoot gaps mm-hmm. you want to be able to read the quarterback's eyes or 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 i guess read the quarterback overall and it's just not to say that offensive players don't have a lot to do but i think a lot a lot of defensive players you have to be able to read exactly what's going on. And I think that's the difficult part about being a rookie on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, anyone out there wants to check out uh, Sam Lane's articles, um, at least his defensive articles, go to idpguys.org. Follow him on Twitter uh, at FF Stompy too. I just wanted to throw that out there. He, he does uh, a lot. He moonlights with pretty much everyone on Twitter. Um, goes on every pod that is out there in your iTunes um, library. I'm sure he's going to be on uh, the fantasy footballers here soon. Uh, but let's let's talk a little bit about that. You, what hats are you wearing right now? I know you just got a new one with Sports Saber Metrics. Um, let, let's break it down. Where, what are you doing? Sure. So currently. Besides writing for IDP guys doing kind of a weekly stuff, I am doing a weekly start sit column for the fantasy authority. Um, didn't do great in week two, but we'll be back and we'll be helping you. Um, and then for sports saber metrics. Yeah, we, I, I just joined up, um, with them. Uh, sports saber metrics was started by, uh, one of our friends, Matt Spencer, um, he's trying to just build kind of a, a do it all kind of statistics site for fantasy football, for football in general. So currently you can go on there and look at the athletic profiles of about basically any player you can think of. Uh, he's developing a start sit tool currently that's going to involve weather, um, 
defensive rankings, offensive rankings and the like. Um, so, uh, he's going to probably be putting that onto kind of a premium platform. So we'll be rolling some stuff out as we go. Uh, we're starting to integrate some statistics, try and build that kind of platform. So we have everything under the, anything and everything you can think of. And really we're going, we're going to be asking for feedback on that. So anything that anybody feels they want or need, we want to put it on the site. We want to kind of cater to the audience. So we'll be rolling stuff out as we go here. Uh, be looking out for that start sit tool here soon. Um, and then, yeah, just check out the site. It's sportsabermetrics.net. And then just let me know, or Matt know, uh, or, or the sports saber metrics, um, Twitter. know that's at sport underscore saber. Uh, just let us know if, if there's anything we can do and we'll try and do it for you. Nice. Nice. So how, how has this been going for you? You've kind of had like a meteoric rise in the fantasy football community. So I remember um, when F3 pod first launched their website, you joined with them um, pretty new, pretty, uh, pretty fresh. And now here you are with, uh, you know, five websites and uh, 16 podcasts that you uh, regularly join. Yeah, I, I have no shame first and foremost. So if you want me, come and get me. Uh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I kind of did something like not necessarily like this, but on my last job before, before I ended up moving to St. Louis for my new job, my new real job. Um, I, I worked as a chemical engineer and then on the side, I was actually a bartender and brewer mm. and it's just like finding something that doesn't drive me crazy all the time, something I'm passionate about that I want to do. And that seems to be what fantasy football is doing right now for me is I have my real world job, but for my hobby, I get to talk about fantasy football. I get to write about fantasy football. I get to help people, uh, start or, or with start sit options, uh, to put the best lineups out there. So really, I just, I joined F3 on kind of a whim mm -hmm. because I really like talking fantasy football. Uh, started writing articles for that. And as I got more like feedback and attention there, maybe that makes me an attention whore. I don't know. A little know. bit, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, as I did that and then I joined you guys and I, I just wanted to get my John. name out there. <laughs> John just died. That's what you get for vaping. Yeah, I was, I was, I was uh, smoking the douche flute while you were uh, saying that, and I nearly choked to death. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Uh, I gotta say though, uh, Sam, from I, I remember when you joined. Not to, not to feed your ego too much, but when you joined F3 and you were giving me those articles to edit from then compared to now you do good work. Um, I don't have to do much to change them. Um, and for everyone out there, if you're not reading Sam's stuff, if you're not listening to Sam's um, podcast, uh, guest spots, yeah, yeah. appearances, uh, you're, you're doing it wrong. Um, you got to get in, get on there. Um, follow him on Twitter. He's uh, very active and um, one of the rising, if not already risen, uh, fantasy football minds. I uh, hope this isn't it. <laughs> and Sam, you were just as loud about Josie Jewell as, right? Is that right? Josie jo Jewell and Kaz Kazir White? 
Yeah. Josie Jewell, Kaiser White. Um, I was pretty high on uh, Kenny Young before and Kenny Young and Sky Moore as well. Sky Moore, he's going to take a little bit, but also be watching out for him because I don't think Anthony Walker's that great. So nice. Well, Sam, I'm going to let you go here. Great having you on. Um, you're, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, and love having you on the, on the website writing for us. Um, thanks, man. Hey, thank you guys for letting me join and let me write and feeding my ego. All right, let's get rid of this Dutch rudder. Interested in helping the show? Make a donation to our Patreon. Click the link on idpguys.org. A $1 or more donation will get you access to our patron-only Discord channel, where we will be giving those members exclusive access to mocks, leagues, and other content. $5 or more will get you a special thanks on the show. Special thanks to Mason Rose, David Matula, and my Balzac Ertz, our first donor. All right, so like we started last week, um, we are doing a different kind of format now that we're in season. We're going to do two different waiver wire segments here. One's offensive, one's defensive. So, uh, Johnny, you want to take it away? Yeah, sure. So this is uh, the offensive segment we're going to start with. This is usually Sean's cup of tea, but uh, me me and Mr. Gardner here are going to field it this week. Uh, so we'll just kind of go through some obvious guys and, and maybe talk about them a little bit. First one I have is Matt Breida. Um, I saw something crazy today. He's actually leading the league in rushing so far this year. Wow. Yeah. Um, he's been really productive throughout two weeks, especially this last game, uh, against the lions, terrible defense. Um, so, uh, I mean, he was him and Morris were the big pickup after week or going into week one because of the uh, McKinnon thing. So he's probably not on your wire, but if so, I mean, Matt, Matt Breida looks pretty good. Uh, what do you think, Christian? So do you, do you remember when uh, McKinnon got hurt and it was like, go get Breida? So mm-hmm. I went and got Breida and then some beat reporter said, well, Morris is a guy. And I went back an hour later and reversed reverse them all and picked up Morris. Yeah. Oh. And I, I am kicking myself and my brother is letting me know all about it right now. <laughs> yeah, man, I got it wrong too. I took Morris everywhere because he played well on the Cowboys and on the Redskins and I figured figured on Shanahan's, oh, you know, offense. He's just so crusty. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. he Alfred Morris at this point? Like, Oh, he's old, yeah. I should, yeah, I should have went with the unknown in Breda. I got Breda in like two or three leagues based off of that and I just went with my gut and said Alfred Morris is going to be old. And let me get some, you know, see what this fresh guy has. And Sean was on that. Sean was saying that uh, Brita was the one to have. So yep. I just stuck with his uh, his recommendation. Yep. Uh, next. He was definitely on there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, next one's fairly obvious. Giovanni Bernard for the next two to three weeks until Mixon gets back. That's a, a no brainer. Everyone's already doing it. So nothing really much to say there. Next one is kind of in Nate's wheelhouse. Kenny Galladay has been playing well the first two weeks. What, he has. What do you What do you think? There's a lot of targets there. I mean, yeah. a, a lot of guys. Uh, you know, Marvin Jones and Tate. He's been out snapping both of them. Um, I think he might even have more targets than both of them, and he's been coming through. And it's, 
I think a lot of um, the, the Detroit Lions issues have been coming from Stafford just not being on it uh, for the uh, the offense. Uh, the defense is a whole separate uh, issue that, you know, I, I'd rather tie a noose than talk about. Um, and so with Galladay, he's he stepped up from last year. Now, I can't necessarily say that how long this is going to last for. I mean, last year he had two great games. Um, he had that diving catch into the end zone, um, which was all over Sports Center for at least two or three weeks. And then he just disappeared. So I don't know, you know, but he's definitely someone I would have um, have shares of. Mm-hmm. He looks awesome. Yeah. That's that's all I can say about Holiday. Yep. Uh, next guy I've been hearing about a lot is Ito Smith. That They think he's going to get more with uh, Freeman out for a couple weeks. Coleman actually broke 100 yards against uh, the Panthers. He looked pretty good. But people are thinking Ito Smith's going to get more snaps to kind of be the two-headed monster now that Freeman's out for a couple weeks. I don't know how much of that I buy. I'm not getting any Ito Smith. What about you guys? Well, I got Devontae Freeman, so I picked up Ito Smith um, in one of my leagues. I I don't even know if I played him or or what, but I got to reevaluate and see how that worked out. That's uh, Judge Ito Smith. Sean was talking about him last week, and um, I kind of saw him on the wire that he had some nice carries in week two. I would take a flyer on him. Uh, so I just looked at uh, he had 46 rushing, rushing yards, one reception for eight yards. Um, That's not terrible. Not terrible for losing. And let me see if I had anyone on my bench that would have done anything. So, um, would you rather have Judge Edo Smith or Chris Ivory? Judge Edo Smith. I agree. Yeah. 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 No, there was. I had no other options, so that was kind of yeah. a patchwork. But. Uh, and uh, the next guy is probably owned, but who knows? Because of the way this news fell, Josh Gordon was released and then signed by the Patriots a couple of days later. So there's a chance that he might have hit your wire um, just due to someone getting fed up and dropping him. Um, I don't know. If he is, go get him. Uh, at least until week four when uh, what's-his-face comes back. Uh, steroid guy. Uh, Edelman. Edelman. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, e- Eric Ebron, another ex lion, uh, seems to be the tight end to own over in uh, Indianapolis. W- what do we think about that? He left all his drops in Detroit. <sighs> Looks that way. That's all I gotta say. There, besides T.Y. Hilton, I mean, Grant's the other one. They're gonna have to throw the ball somewhere. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it definitely shows that the um, the Lions. Uh, pressure on Eric Ebron was really getting to him. Um, yeah, he's getting a lot of hate there. That's yeah. For sure. Oh man. So it must have been fucking with his head. Yeah. And now that he's out yeah. of there, just yeah. Every Uber driver we had during that trip did dislike Ebron. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> he was. What was he drafted? Seventeenth overall, I think. Yeah. What? Yeah. So he was expect like I. He was drafted in front of, or yeah, in front of I think Aaron Donald is the big one that people talk about. Um, there was a couple guys that like blew up, like they were really good. Yeah, 10th, and then 10th overall in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, a, that's a tough spot for a tight end to get drafted at. You're expected to produce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You're supposed to be like uh, an Ertz type of guy at that point. And, and I think it's difficult too with, <clears throat> um, 
Matthew Stafford's passing style. He's very like if you look at. Uh, I, okay, so you got Calvin Johnson's fingers, uh, which kind of shows a lot as far as uh, just the velocity of the ball coming um, at these guys and the amount of drops that Eric Ebron had. I think he just wasn't prepared for um, a, a quarterback with you know that kind of arm. So um, that, at least that's as far as the uh, the Lions media has kind of put out there um, as some of the reason for a lot of uh, the receivers uh, issues in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Uh, another semi obvious one, but although I don't know how much I'm buying this uh, Deshaun Jackson is way up there in the waivers right now. He's one of the most requested, you know, guys or whatever. And, it's it's completely boomer bust. If he doesn't get you one of those seventy yard touchdown grabs, he's not going to have a great game. He's only getting, he's only catching two, three, four passes a game, but he's doing it for you know 110, 120 yards and a touchdown. So it looks great, but uh, I don't think this Fitzpatrick thing is going to last forever. Um, call me crazy, but I think we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he did it with the Jets. Yeah, it is fun. I I love what he's doing with it too. I mean, you got the spotlight like that. Why not come out yeah, and just yeah. you know utilize use it? Yeah. Um, I hope he keeps the job. Don't get me wrong. I like him a lot better than uh, Winston. So, what do you think they do? Um, do they keep uh, Winston as a backup? Do they yeah. trade him? No, he'll probably be a backup. Mm. Yeah, I would imagine he's backup. Yeah, we'll see what happens. No, I think he's due a pretty big option after the year, so I don't even know if he'll be around in next season. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It's just been too much of a headache. And and even when yeah. he's there, it's not, not you know, the kind of production they were hoping for either. Yeah. Uh, and the last guy I got on my list here of semi-obvious guys is Dante Pettis. Uh, you know, as long as Goodwin's not playing, Pettis is uh, a good option, a decent option, but... Goodwin was close to coming back last week and should be back this week, so I don't know about that. Um, Christian, who else you got on your list? Um, I gotta say, make sure that Philip Lindsay is not rostered, and if you know he's out there, to go get him, you might as well. Um, also, Chris Ivory, Buffalo, Marcus Murphy, Buffalo. If LaShawn McCoy misses time with ribs, those two guys could step in. And now with the other allegations that McCoy's facing, who knows what could happen. Uh, Patriots running back James White, you know that that's going to be kind of a headache at running back for the Pats. And I'd expect Burkhead to kind of resurface at some point. And also a big dark horse that I was, I liked beginning of the year, Corey Clement from Philly. Um, as Ajayi kind of goes through his injury woes, Clement put up a couple, what did he do, like 45 rushing, 45 receiving? Um, that's usually good in PPR to get you a little bit of points. Mm-hmm. And if he gets a full load, he could be interesting. Receiver-wise, James Washington from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. um, he had a huge game, and Pittsburgh third wide receiver usually produces. Um, Antonio Callaway, you could probably keep an eye on him at this point, and he might even be worth a flyer. Tyler Lockett, obviously, if he's still there with Doug Baldwin's injury. And my boy, D.D. Westbrook, who I'm big on. Um, I, know, I know Cole had that incredible catch, but D.D. did win that Belitnikoff Award. And if he's available, I would put him on your roster. Yeah, Bortles is slinging this week. Yep. For sure. Will that keep up? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, it was cool, though. It, them them just soundly beating the Patriots was a nice, enjoyable mm-hmm. thing this week. I really, really liked that. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, just real quick, uh, I was listening to F3 pod today. They're they're with you on the Clement thing, too, because Ajay does get dinged up a bit. And if he goes yeah, by, he does. right. And when, and when, or if he goes bye-bye, like Clement gets basically that entire role. Cause he's already catching passes. So he'll get all the rushing, all the pass catching and become, you know, an RB one type immediately. So that's remember how good he was in the super bowl too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he showed up. Yeah. So that's not a bad idea for sure. Yeah. So you want to kick it off with some defensive? Oh, yeah. So I got two pages of defensive wires. And let me just say, if I have more than this, too, it's coming out in article form tomorrow, maybe some the next day, too. It's going to be a two-parter. It's like 5,207 words. So it's, <laughs> it's going to be a multi, multi-article multi affair. Oh, I'm looking forward to editing that. Yeah. Oh. But I literally covered every single team and every single situation and all the snap count percentages and everything that's happening. So just read the article if, uh, you know, if you don't get it all here. But let me launch into this. And if you guys have any that I haven't talked about here afterwards, feel free to chip in. So we'll go in chronological order here. So last week, uh, the CJ Mosley thing obviously sucked for everyone. Uh, Kenny Young, like Sam said in the interview, is the guy to get. Uh, He played 76% of snaps in that game. Uh, He'll see more this week, obviously, without Mosley there. Tony Jefferson continues to play 100% of snaps at safety for the Ravens and has had two great weeks in a row. If you need some safety help, he's uh, not... One of the guys you normally think of automatically, so he might be out there. Uh, Nick Vigil played 100% of snaps again. He's good for two more weeks until Burfick gets back, uh, especially if Preston Brown is still dinged up. That's a guy you want to keep plugging in. Uh, he had nine tackles again this week, second week in a row doing that. Uh, Sean Williams, uh, safety out of the Bengals. He got dinged at the end of the game, but he's fine. Uh, had a really, really nice game, played 82% of snaps, and that's kind of misleading because he went out with injury uh, late in the fourth or somewhere in the fourth, so he would have had a higher percentage if not for that. Uh, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap continue to produce, continue to be reliable. Uh, if you need defensive tackle, defensive end help, those guys are great. Uh, Shaq Thompson is available for two more weeks for the Carolina Panthers. He's the linebacker there. Uh, and... In two weeks, you want to keep an eye on your wire and pick up Thomas Davis. His PED suspension will be done after week four. And that's a guy no one's thinking about. And when you're sorting on waivers, he's not there because he hasn't done anything. So, you know, beat out the crowd if you have linebacker issues. Go get Thomas Davis. Leave him on your bench because starting after week four, he'll go back to being what he is every year, which is a reliable uh, weak side linebacker who does a lot of damage, puts up a lot of points. Uh, James Bradbury recovered this week at corner for the Panthers, played 100% of uh, snaps, had a really nice game. So if you need cornerback help, he's a good guy. K1 Short at defensive tackle, played 62% of snaps, had another nice week. Uh, he's in our rankings. He's a good guy to, ha- uh, to own if you need defensive tackle help. Mario Addison had a nice game as well, played 81% of snaps. So if you need defensive line help, he's a good dude. Uh, Mike Adams, the safety out of the Panthers, played 100% of snaps again this week, but had a down week. So, you know, you're kind of rolling the dice with him. I think there are better safety options out there, but he does get the playing time if that's something you're looking for. 
Uh, Duke Riley has kind of taken over the Deion Jones role. He played 87% of snaps this week, had a really nice game. He's the guy I'm targeting to try to kind of soak up some of that Deion Jones production. Um, people thought it would be him or Oluwakuwanu or whatever the guy's name is. Uh, Riley had the much better week this week, so I'm going with Riley. Uh, Ricardo Allen took over for Keanu Neal, played 100% of snaps and had a really great game. So if you need safety help, that's a guy to grab. Grady Jarrett, another solid game for the Falcons. Defensive tackle, if you need help there, 82% of snaps. He's a good target. Kazir White, we've talked about uh, in the interview and in the news today. Uh, he's also a linebacker slash safety, so you get that versatility. He only played 61% of snaps, but that was a game flow thing. Uh, they were, you know, massacring Buffalo. Uh, they started pulling defensive starters, you know, somewhere <laughs> into the third. Sorry about that, Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Denzel Perryman was the next guy that played the most linebacker wise for the chargers. It's kind of a mess with their whole linebacking core, but he had 60% of snaps. So if you're like really desperate for a linebacker Perryman, I guess you could use, but I don't, I don't like that percentage. Uh, Jordan Poyer is the guy to own as a safety for the bills. Micah Hyde has kind of been doing a different role this year and it's not really producing for him. Uh, whereas Poyer has been playing, 100% of snaps and has had two great weeks in a row. So if he's available, go get him. That's a super reliable, super productive safety for you out of the bills. Lorenzo Alexander, we talked about a little bit earlier. He's only playing 56% of snaps, but because they're on defense so much, that's like 75% of snaps in other teams because of all the extra time they're on defense. And he's got inexperienced linebackers around him with Milano and uh, with Edmonds. He's soaking up some of that production. He's had two great weeks in a row. So if you're desperate, Lorenzo Alexander, decent linebacker option. Uh, moving on, Sheldon Richardson um, out of the Vikings is the other defensive tackle next to Linval Joseph, who they grabbed in the offseason. He's playing 73% of snaps and has had two great weeks in a row at defensive tackle if you need help there. Uh, Andrew Sandejo is now at strong safety for the Vikings. He has played 100% of snaps both weeks. Uh, had a great week this week, decent week, week one. So if you need safety help, that's not a bad option. Uh, for Green Bay, Oren Burks comes back this week from injury. So inside linebacker next to Blake Martinez. Uh, if you need linebacker help, that's a good guy to grab this week. Also, Kentrell Bryce, the safety on the Packers, uh, played 100% of snaps this week, had another nice week. He's good to go as long as Josh Jones is not. Um, he took the job from him in the offseason, but I just don't completely trust that. Uh, I would wait and see after Jones is healthy if he still gets this snap share, if it's still that high. If it is, then you're good. You can keep him. Uh, more safety help. Kenny Vaccaro out of the Titans. Played 100% of snaps again this week. Had a nice week again for the second week in a row. Jarrell Casey, defensive tackle. Titans, another nice week. 73% of snaps. Malcolm Butler on the Titans has, I, I saw some stat on NFL network where he's given up the most yards as a corner so far this year, he's getting picked on and it's working for IDP. He's getting a ton of tackles. So if you need cornerback help, Malcolm Butler, formerly of the Patriots, now of the Titans played hundred percent of snaps this week. Uh, Denzel Ward, we talked about last week, uh, Brown's corner played 97% of snaps this week, uh, has had a good season so far. And that's page one. Uh, I had to take a drink. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. We're almost there. 
So Browns, uh, defensive tackle help. Larry Ogunjobi has had two really sweet weeks to start the season. He's playing 88% of snaps, and uh, he's not a guy we talk about a lot of defensive tackles. So if you need help, that's a good guy to grab. Demario Davis, I can safely say I was probably wrong on. He's produced two weeks in a row now, but he's still only playing 68% of snaps. So I feel like that's something that's going to come back to earth eventually. You can't, you know, you want linebackers that are playing like 90, 100% of snaps. 68% just doesn't do it for me. Um, same thing with AJ Klein. He had a nice week this week for the Saints at linebacker, but only played 77% of snaps. I don't trust that. Uh, Raekwon McMillan, same deal. Although he is playing 100% of snaps and has for two weeks in a row now, he only had three tackles this week, three or four tackles. Uh, Kiko Alonso has been going nuts over there. So I'm not, you know, buying Raekwon just yet. Uh, Devon Godshaw, Gary's guy, uh, defensive tackle, Dolphins, played 52% of snaps, had a nice week this week. Uh, if you're in a deeper league, you need defensive tackle help. That's not a bad guy to go to. Uh, cornerback out of the Jets, Buster Scrine, two nice weeks in a row, played 82% of snaps. You could do worse if you need cornerback help. Uh, Avery Williamson and Darren Lee both had terrible weeks this week. But uh, Williamson's played 100% of snaps both weeks, and Lee played 95% this week. I don't know what's happening there. All of us had Avery Williamson as the second coming of Jesus this year, and it, it just hasn't happened. Um, I'm not jumping ship yet, but I do have my parachute packed, so Ooh. I suggest you do the same. Uh, Kendall Fuller, Chiefs. I recommended him last week. He had a huge week this week, played 94% of snaps at corner. Uh, that's a great option right there. Talented guy, and he gets targeted quite a bit. Uh, Stefan Tuitt, Cameron Hayward, defensive end, defensive tackle on the Steelers, 82% and 86% of snaps played. They're low percent owned, and they're consistent, reliable, and productive if you need defensive line help. Nigel Bradham came back from suspension this week and had a really nice game in his first game back. He only played 81% of snaps. I think that goes up, and I think he continues to be productive. If you need linebacker help, there's a chance that everyone's kind of forgotten about him because he's suspended week one. Go grab him. Uh, Ronald Darby, corner on the Eagles, had a nice week this week, played 93% of snaps. That's a good number if you need corner help. Uh, same thing with Ryan Smith on Tampa Bay, played 90% of snaps, and he's replacing Vernon Hargreaves, who went to injured reserve. So there's some corner help for you. Justin Evans, safety Tampa Bay, 100% of snaps, had a good week. If you need safety help, that's a good place. Uh, Darius Leonard, we talked about already. Uh, Clayton Gathers, I've talked about many times on this show. Uh, he played 100% of snaps again this week. Had another nice week, second week in a row, and he's still low percent owned as a safety. Go get him if you need safety help. Uh, Margus Hunt, talked about him in week one on this show. He went from 55% to 91% of uh, snaps this week. Uh, he's a defensive tackle slash defensive end for the Colts. Uh, had another nice week, and uh, he's getting more playing time than Jabal Sherd and putting up better numbers, uh, and he's a guy no one's heard of. So go grab him if you need defensive tackle help or defensive end help. Uh, Mason Foster, linebacker, Redskins, played 98% of snaps this week. Next to Zach Brown, I don't know how much of that I buy, though. I feel like that's a flash in the pan. I would avoid that one. Uh, we're getting to the home stretch here. 
Reuben Foster is back this week for the 49ers. So Fred Warner owners, he's been great for two weeks, but who the hell knows what's going to happen this week. If I'm a Fred Warner owner, I'm sitting him down this week to see what happens before I plug him in in the future. Cause it looks like Malcolm Smith's going to be healthy again this week or healthy this week uh, for the first time this year. That takes away weak side and middle linebacker from the 49ers. And he's not really a strong side linebacker. So I don't know what his role is going to be, but he's been great this year. So Hopefully he gets a role. Um, just be careful with uh, Warner this week with Reuben Foster coming back. Uh, Justin Simmons, we talked about earlier with Sam. Jason McCourty uh, is a decent corner for the Patriots. There are better options, though, we've talked about earlier. Kayvon Frazier, safety Cowboys, played 100% of snaps. If, if Xavier Woods is out, Kayvon Frazier is in, and that's a decent safety you can plug in week to week as long as that's the case. Uh, Chidobe Awuzie has a nice name and plays 100% of snaps and shut down Obadell Beckham. Uh, that's pretty cool. So if you need corner help, there's a good dude. Also, Taco Taco Charlton played 84% of snaps this week. He actually outsnapped Demarcus Lawrence this week, who only had 72%, which is kind of crazy. Um, he put up numbers too. He had a sack, a bunch of tackles, and they go play Seattle in week three. So go get yourself some Taco Charlton because that offensive line is garbage too. And uh, they're going to get some sacks. Uh, Bradley McDougald, safety chiefs. I've talked about, uh, I feel like a ton of times on this show, played 100% of snaps again this week, had another nice week. Safety help, go grab him. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, the Griffin brother that plays corner on uh, the Seahawks, had a nice game, had two picks, played 100% of snaps. He's a corner, need corner help, not a bad guy to get. Uh, Roquan Smith is now starting, so you don't have to worry about that anymore. You can start him, you know, no no issues there. Uh, Akeem Hicks had another decent game due to the Khalil Mack effect. Uh, played 73% of snaps. That's not too bad. And uh, that's it. So go to idpguys.org for the full 5,207 words of uh, my waivers rant if you need it. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. That's. Yeah. Did you hit wow. every player uh, in, in, in the league? Well, people want waiver shit. And it's, <laughs> instead of responding to every people Twitter message. People want waiver shit. They got it. Yeah. Right. yeah. That was there it is. I can just tell them to go to the website. <laughs> Yeah, Our list of the show. Right, right. Well, there, there it is. Get your notepads out, man. Uh, all right, so let's shift into a quick uh, week in review. Basically, looking at last week, um, we're we're picking three guys each. Basically, guys who um, overplayed or or basically uh, did did better than our rankings. Guys who did expected, you know, satisfied basically where we uh, said that they should be. And then um, people who who were under or bust potential. Um, so with that, we we can start with the over. Um, Johnny, you want to go first? Yeah, my over produce was Darius Leonard. Um, through two weeks, he's had twenty one solo, six assists, one pass defense, one sack, one forced fumble. Like we've said uh, a couple times now, he's had pace for two hundred sixteen tackles this year, which is like thirty or twenty more than the NFL record. I think Chris Spielman has with one ninety five. Uh, he won't do that, but he's been awesome. Uh, go get him. I mean, yeah. go get him. <laughs> go get him. All right, Christian, what do you, what do you got? I was going to say Sean Williams, but after the talk up, I think I'll go on to Amaria Cooper overproducing the 10 catches and 116 yards and no TDs. Mm. Yeah. He is so rare with the nice weeks. Now that was really cool that he actually did something. That was cool. Yeah. So is, is that, 
kind of an anomaly or is that what he is going to be? Because I had always expected Amari Cooper to kind of put up those numbers. Yeah, I did too. And he, he used to be good. His second year, I think it was, he had a nice year. He had like 1,200 yards or something. I, I haven't trusted Amari Cooper in five years or however long I don't long even he's, think he's been in the league five years. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, I, it's I, Crabtree was always my guy there. Um, everyone always took Amari Cooper early um, in my experience in, in leagues, and they were always disappointed, and I was happy. So I expect like three or four big drops from Amari Cooper a game. Um, so the fact that he put up those numbers is, is good. I mean, it's going to uh, bring back expectations and uh, people are going to be crushed next week, probably. So just real quick on Amari Cooper, 2015 draft round one, pick four, obviously. And then just in comparison to Allen Robinson, um, Allen Robinson is only a year older. And also off a knee injury. So it's kind of just a weird comparison for me because Cooper is, he's, he's in that tier where you expect him to produce and he never does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to kind of see Cooper continue to do this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so my uh, overachieve is uh, Kevin Biard. Now this is, this doesn't ever happen. So this is why he, he made this. Um, he he threw a touchdown pass, sixty six yards. Um, I that was amazing as a safety, as a safety. <laughs> um, that was a fake punt, right? Yeah, or some yeah, fake fake punt. And um, I mean, he still got seven tackles. He he, you know, got his baseline what he needed to to be good. But then, man, if you've got offensive uh, scoring in your league. He he went off because that sixty six yard touchdown. Who did he throw it to? Uh, I don't know. Some other defensive guy. I think it was. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. It, but that was just a wild play. So um, that's he made he made my overproduce for that. Um, but let's talk about expected. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go off with mine here. I got Luke Keekley, uh for expected. He did. He had eight tackles, two of them for a loss. Um, that's fairly, you know, right around where we're expecting him to come in um, on a week-to-week basis. You know, if he can get, you know, higher tackle numbers, that'd be great. But um, right in that that uh, that range is good. So, yeah, uh, Luke Keekley for my expected. What do you got, Johnny? Yeah, uh, for expected, I did Tremaine Edmonds this week. He had uh, seven tackles again. He had one tackle for loss, too, so. Not nah, not a terrible day. Six solo, one assist, one tackle for lost. I'll I'll take that out of him every week this year and be a okay with it. Yeah. What about you, Christian? My expect was Terrence Mitchell, a cornerback from Cleveland. Um, he went up against New Orleans this week. Five tackles, um, just produced, and week one, six tackles. I think it's probably time to get away from him because it looks like the passing offenses are going to be moving away from the Cleveland defense. Mm. Nice. Nice. All right, so for uh, underproduced, um, I've got Rashad Jones here. He had two tackles and uh, one assist. That is definitely not uh, the Rashad Jones that we know and love. And I do, I do not expect this to to stay this way. I'm pretty sure he had a good game last week, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a kind of anomaly, whatever happened. Um, he's still getting the... Snap counts, snap percentages, and everything. So, um, just a down game for him. Yeah, he'll be fine. Uh, I did 
Avery Williamson for the second week in a row. Uh, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, I'm not the only one. There are a lot of people that thought Avery Williamson was going to go nuts this year, and he just hasn't done it so far. And it's not like he's not playing. He's played yeah. 100% of both games. He's and, got the um, the situation is there. It's just not coming well, together. Well, the first one was weird because the, the Lions never really ran, and then they st- had to start throwing immediately, basically. Mm-hmm. So I understood that. But this last week was like, uh, a ready-made situation for him to bounce back, and he didn't. So, I mean, I'm not, you know, dumping him or anything, but I'm not starting him this week either. I'm going to leave him on the bench, see what happens, see if he rebounds. Uh, if not, there are plenty of fish in the sea. Right, right. So, Christian, who you got? AP. I cannot ever get it right with him. I don't start him. He goes off. I start him. He goes 11 for 20, three catches, 30 yards, and I'll end it there. Nice. All righty. So, uh, Mr. Gardner is also a gambling degenerate. So we're going to get his takes in a minute here too. Um, not been great so far this season. We're Oh, and two, I had giants plus three at Dallas and I thought that was a lock. Uh, it was not, but I'll take it. That means the Cowboys won. So yeah, whatever. Um, sorry if you bet your house or mor- mortgage though, or your college fund, you probably shouldn't have. Uh, anyway, this week, I'm sure I've got a lock. This is, this is, this is a done deal. Um, <laughs> I'm going to follow the crowd this week. I'm going to take, uh, Pats at the lions minus seven, because there's no way on God's green earth. They don't crush the shit out of the lions. Oh this my week. God. Put your fucking mortgage on that. (laughs) Like put your house payment on it, whatever. Like I I don't remember the stat, but it's something ungodly. Like when Belichick loses a game, he's like, I don't know, like 150 and two in like the game after or something like that. Like he never loses two in a row. It doesn't happen. And they just went out and got Josh Gordon. They're pissed off. They lost the, the, the how the lions are going to even come together for that game. Right. Right. How is that defense going to deal with the Patriots offense? It's just, I feel like it's going to be a slaughter. It's not going to be even close, which means the Lions will probably win. So, mm. well, mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean, Patricia, the only thing I could see is Patricia um, scheming because he's got the inside knowledge yeah. um, be, from coming there. But honestly, I think the Lions are going to go 0 and 5. They're, they're losing the next three games. Um, that's just how it, how it's going to be. Like, I can't, I can't see them coming back. I don't know, you know, past that, what it's going to look like, but, uh, this game against the Patriots is going to look dirty. That's, yeah. And that, that line is even by the way. So 10 bucks, get you 10 bucks. Mr. Gardner, what are you betting this week? Well, I got two that stood out to me. So a little bit of background about myself. I only bet underdogs and I always go against the public. Um, that's how I learned, and that is where I found success. So I'm going to start with the Lions, who opened plus six and a half, and I'm now seeing plus six. Uh, we got 11% of the public on the Lions, and I'm going to take that. I'm also going to sprinkle the Detroit money line there a little bit. But another one that kind of catches my eye is Washington plus three. That one sticks out to me simply because we got the Packers coming into Washington, and only 29% of the public are on the home team. And not only that, but plus three home dogs are my favorite thing in the world to bet. I would take Washington plus three. I would take the Lions plus six. 
And a couple of the things that we were talking about earlier is that Pittsburgh opened minus two and a half and they're down to minus one. That tells me that the Sharps are on Tampa. They bought that down quick. As soon as that opened, they jumped on the points. Um, we have Cleveland favored this week. I'm not going to touch that game, but that is rare. Uh, that tells me to take Cleveland. I'm not going to touch it. And also we have our first extremely high spread of the year. Go figure. It is the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. who I'm going to guess probably finish around plus 16. But right now it's plus 16 and a half against Minnesota. Um, I wouldn't touch that one either. But if I were going to, I would take the points. And yeah. that is mine, I would say, Washington and the Lions. Mm. Nice. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting this week, that's for sure. I, all the pick em things it I've done, is. too. Yeah, it, it is every week. It's like uh, like the pick I don't know. No one's getting any of those right. I'm in a couple of those. Like like five or six is the top score every week. It's crazy. And uh, in our, survi- our IDP guys survival, we had 17 guys in it. It's down to three after two weeks. Wow. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so make sure you're following us on Twitter uh, at IDP guys. Uh, I am at Nate cheat. John is at orange man. Three, one, four, two, our lovely guest host uh, at Gardner Hello. underscore rake. Um, make sure to follow us all uh, follow Sean at Lanny one, nine, two, five as well. Uh, subscribe to the show. Go to our website, idpguys.org. On the right, there's a sidebar, and you can pick your poison, whatever podcast uh, you podcatcher you use. Uh, you can find a link there, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, all of them uh, are on, on there. Yeah. Um, so also, if you'd like to donate, help out the show, um, Basically, this is just a, a passion project that we do. It does come with, you know, some uh, overhead. And if you'd like to help us negate some of those costs, you know, uh, that would be appreciated. Uh, Patreon.com slash IDP guys. Uh, we have some great uh, perks over there. I'm actually thinking of adding a few more for higher uh, donations. Um, but basically you get into a discord channel that it's open to everyone, but then we have a special one just for patrons, uh, gets you access to us, uh, and our writers in a more exclusive, uh, chat room to ask your questions, to interact. We also use it as a focus group to figure out, you know, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? So if you want to be a part of that, um, definitely check it out. Uh, there's a discord plugin on the, um, the sidebar on the website and also, you know, going through patreon.com slash IDP guys. Uh, so with that, uh, let's real quick wrap this up with, uh, our records for the week. I went six and five, um, mm. which isn't too terrible. Oh, just over 50%. What about nice. you? Uh, five and three in college, five and three in NFL, one and one in dynasty, decent in draft app and lost $10 in FanDuel. Hmm. How's it looking, Christian? Two and two and three in fantasy league, and that is it. Ooh, wow! You you don't uh, play as much as we do, do you? You don't. Get I don't do the daily fantasy stuff. I didn't put anything in over the weekend. Mm, gotcha. I only do it when I really like a game, and I haven't found one yet this weekend. I was on Cleveland in week one, and I'm gonna wait till I see the next one. Nice, nice. 
Well, thanks, Christian, for uh, joining us and uh, having a good, good show. Yeah, definitely a really good show. All right.